Good evening to those in social media. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you with our Saturday night message. We thank you for listening to us on a weekly basis. We count a blessing to come to you with the word of God. And tonight I'm excited to get in with this with you with this last um installment of finishing well, avoiding a life of compromise. Finishing well, avoiding a life of compromise. And we've been talking about compromise. We've been coming from the book of Judges, um, talking about the life of Samson. Uh, and we've been using his life as an example of how he compromised. But I thank God for tonight because tonight I'm really excited to really bring to you a word from the Lord. Really, I think this is when Samson gets to the end of his life and we're going to talk about that. We're going to see what happens to him tonight. So we're going to be talking about that. And I just we want you to really hear what God is saying. I really believe he has a word for someone tonight if you're listening. Um, so we're going to Finish up tonight, um, finishing well, avoiding life of compromise. And this is the last part. This is part five. You're going to finish up. And so the title tonight for this message is Faith and Grace. And interesting, that is the uh, name of our ministry, Grace and Faith Fellowship. But the title tonight is Faith and grace. And so I'm going to read um, Judges chapter 16, verses 23 to 31. I'm going to read that. And then we're going to really get into what we're going to talk about faith and grace. We're going to look at the faith and grace in Samson's life. So I'm going to begin reading. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It says, The Philistines' rulers held a great feast and offered sacrifice and praising their God, Dagon. They said, Our God has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy to us. The one who killed so many of us is now in our power. Have drunk by now, the people demanded, bring out Samson so he can amuse us. So he was brought from the prison to amuse them. And they, they had him stand between the pillars supporting the roof. Samson said to a young servant who was leading him by the hand, place my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple. I want to rest against them. Now the temple was completely filled with people. All the Philistines rulers were there. And there was about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching as Samson amused them. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, sovereign Lord, remember me again, our God. Please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands 
on the two center pillars that held up the temple. Pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine root and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. Later, his brothers and his other relatives went down to get his body and they took him back home and buried him between Zorah and Estuel, where his father Manoah was buried. Samson had judged Israel for 20 years. Okay, so we see Samson, like, like last week we talked about, you know, uh, how Samson had was infatuated with Delilah, Philistine woman. And so she wanted to get his secret because the Philistines wanted to know what Samson's secret was that was his strength. And so they used Delilah to try to get the secret to his strength. And three times Samson lied to her. And finally, the scripture says, we read last week, she warmed down. She warmed down and said, you know what? You know I love you. You love me. You would tell me the truth. Tell me where your strength lies. He finally, the Bible said, after she just nagged him and worried him to death and just completed when he finally gave in and gave her the secret. And the Bible says, Samson, so she lured him, him to sleep. You know, he's put his lap, you know, put his head in the lap of Delilah and she cut his hair. And the Bible says she called the Philistines in. The, and because Samson gave her the secret, when he shook himself this time to try to get his strength, the Bible said the Lord had left him. And they were able to capture Samson, gore his eyes out, just embarrass him. And so now we see here in the scripture, Samson's at the end of, you know, of this, they've captured him. They've, he's a prisoner. They've gored his eyes out. And they want to make a mockery out of him. So they bring him out, make fun, because they're celebrating that their God has gave them victory. Oh, Samson, who would destroy them. And remember, the Bible says Samson was God. He was born to be a deliverer, delivered him from the hands of the Philistines. And so we see here Samson uh, in his life in this last part where he, there is embarrassing. But as we read, God had grace you know, gave Samson grace to deliver the Philistine even after he had messed up. And so this is what's so wonderful. I love about God. So to kind of to, to continue to study this, it says it, it seems strange that Samson is included in one of the heroes of faith as one of the heroes of faith. And we see that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, 39. Okay, he, however, he demonstrated faith at least twice. The first time, as we studied earlier, um, he, he was trusting that God would deliver him and get himself up when his people wanted to hand him over to, to the Philistines. So remember that time where Samson, um, father-in-law, had gave him, gave his wife to another man, and he got upset, and he said, you know what? I'm going to get y'all back for that. And so he ended up just killing a lot of Philistines during that. And remember, he went to hide in a cave 
and the Philistines went to his people, Israelites, and said, we want Samson. And so Samson people was really give him up. And so he prayed then that God will um, give him strength to, to have a victory of the Philistines. Remember, he took the, the jawbone of a donkey and kissed, slew about a thousand men. And God gave him the victory. So this was the first time. But the second event happens when, as a slave, he stood between two pillars, as we just read, of the Philistines. He, acting in faith, he prayed and received strength to pull down the temple upon himself and his enemy. He, he flung his eternal destiny in reckless confidence in God. Okay, so understand this. That Remember, Samson has messed up. Okay, he has compromised his life. He has given up the secret, okay, to his strength. You know, he's in a in his bad state. But guess what? He prays to God, okay? And he had enough confidence in God to say, you know what, God, you know what? Give me grace to conquer. He had enough faith. To say, you know what, I'm going to pray in God. I believe that you would give me my strength back, that I may destroy my enemy. And so this is what I love about God. Even at Samson's worst state here, that God gave him, there was a grace for it. And so that's, that's, that's amazing to me. Because a lot of times we talk about when we mess up, what God has given up on us. We, we even tell people, well, you know what? God ain't got no more to do with you. Now that you done messed up, now that you done compromised your life, now that you done made a mess out your life, you know what? Ain't no more hope for you. God done thrown you away. But we see here in this scripture that God didn't give up on Samson. Even when, when Samson had enough confidence, enough faith to release his faith that God would give him his strength back, we see here that God honored his prayer. In other words, there's a, see, that's what the definition of grace is. Grace is unmerited, unearned faith. Think about it. Samson deserved what he got. I'm going to continue to talk about this. So Samson slept with the enemy. He was shorn of his hair, blinded, and totally humiliated. Think about that. He deserved the punishment of the grinding mill until he died. Guess what? So Samson, guess what? Somebody said, well, Samson is getting what he deserved. How many of us say, you know what? If we got what we deserve, think about that. That's awesome. Think about if you got what you deserve. Think about even if it's a mankind. Mankind deserve hell. That's what we deserve. Maybe you in your personal life, you say, you know what? Maybe you're in a situation where you compromise your life. You messed up in whatever area of your life you compromise. You say, you know what? I did some stuff. It's my fault. I walked away from God. I messed my marriage up. You know what? I I lost this job I took because I screwed up. Okay. You know, and maybe you did. But guess what? There's a grace to restore you back to where you were and even further.
God give us grace. That's what grace. God doesn't give us what we deserve. Samson said he may have deserved it. He deserved to die. He deserved to have his eyes because what he did, all the stuff he was doing, like he was compromising. He wasn't doing what the Lord told him to do. He was constantly um, compromising his life and it finally caught up with him. He was dating the wrong women, getting married to the wrong people, and it finally caught up with him. So he deserved this, but despite his weakness and failures, uh, God gave him grace. That's awesome. God gave him grace. And, and we too, sinners, are, we too are sinners, we're traitors, we're collaborators with the enemy. You and me, we have done that. You know, we've collaborated and we've betrayed God. We turned our back on him. Things that he told us to do, we didn't do. Even now, things, maybe you say, you know what? I'm not doing what God told me to do. I'm not doing the things. You know what? I've messed up. But guess what? There's a grace. Okay, there's a grace. Jesus paid for all your mistakes, all your failures, okay? All you have to do is release your faith in that grace that he provided 2,000 years ago. So, but, but if God accepted Samson's faith, okay, at the end of his broken life, surely there is hope for us who cry out in faith for help. So if God did it for Samson, guess what? He would do it for you, okay? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same God. Okay, God haven't thrown you away. God haven't, you know, turned his back on you. He's not quitting on you. So don't quit on him. I know things are bad. I know situation is bad. Even if if it's not you, if somebody that you love, your loved one, your son, your daughter, your grandson, you know, uh, aunt or uncle, don't give up on death of grace. It's, you know, pray for them and, and still believe that God will turn their hearts to him. But you, let them know that there is a grace. Okay, there is a grace for them. So if you cry and release your faith, yeah, God can get you back. Even though you, you've lived a life of compromise. You still may be saying, you know what, I haven't done anything. I'm going to mess my life up. Things are not great right now. And you know what? Maybe you're thinking, and the enemy has told you, okay, it's over. God don't love you anymore. God don't care about you anymore. You done messed your life up because of the bad decisions that you have made, you know, even in your, your um situation, in your circumstance. You know, it was your fault. But guess what? You know what? If you cry out to him, release your faith, say, you know what, God, I know you are forgiving God. I know you're restoring God. I want to thank you and praise you for restoring me. I know I messed this up, but I know through your grace that I can be restored and get right back to where I used to be. And so we think about, so I want to, tonight, I want to highlight one scripture. One scripture is coming from 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. And we're going to, I want to break this scripture down, but I think this scripture speaks to what Samson was going through. And this is Paul talking to his son in the ministry, Timothy. He says here, 
I thank God. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Then I'm going to read it from the King James also. But it's, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ in my insolence. I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. And I want to read it from the King James Version. Um, it says that, I, and I, I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has enabled me, for he has counted me faithful, putting me into, into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. I love that word with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. And so we see here, this is Paul. You got to remember, let's look at Paul's life. Okay, Paul, when he first started out, he was persecuting the Christians. You know, he thought he was doing the right thing. But you know what? God saved him on the road to Damascus, turned his life around. And he's saying, look, look at what I did. Look at what I did. I was living like I compromised thing. I did things wrong. I wasn't finishing well. So we want to finish well. This is what we the whole we want to finish that. And we do that by avoiding life of compromise. But Paul here is talking about what he did. Okay. And so I want to kind of break this down. So look at what he says here in the first part. He says, I thank the Lord Jesus Christ who has given me strength to do his work. Okay, so Paul was strong in himself. It was Christ Jesus who enabled him. And we, we see this clearly in Galatians 2 and 20, where Paul says, the now the life that I now live, okay, I now live by the Son of God who, who died for me and gave his life for me. He says, hey, I'm not living. Paul wasn't strong in himself. See, that's why I want to let you know now, you're not strong in yourself. If you're trying to do it in your own strength, you can't do this. You always going to compromise the thing of God if you're trying to do it in your own strength. And that's what religion says. Religion says, I can do this on my own. But grace says, you know what? Not only does grace doesn't give us what we deserve, but it also empowers us to be able to live out this Christian life. Because why? Christ lives on the inside and he lives through us. He lives through us. So understand, he says, I'm not strong in myself. Now, when we read it from the King James, it says, um, I think Christ Jesus, our Lord, who enabled me for that he counted me faithful. He counted me faithful. And that little word for in this verse is, is used to denote as a result of or because of. He said, because of what Christ did for me, I'm able to do that. I have strength. So Paul was saying that the thing that enabled him to be faithful and be a faithful ministry is the faith that God put in him when he called him and placed him in the ministry. So the faith that Paul get, got 
was from Jesus. He says, he gave me the faith. See, that's the thing about it. We often say my faith, but it's really not our faith. It's the faith that God gave us. It's the faith of Christ Jesus. He gave us the faith to do. So understand that if God gave you the faith to do what you do, it wasn't your faith. It's that you took on his faith, which allowed you to able to. And so if you receive this faith of Jesus Christ, it would enable you to avoid this life of compromise and to finish well. But you got to realize the faith that you had, it comes from Jesus. It's the Lord counted Paul faithful. Notice he counted him. See, you ain't faithful because of what you do. You're faithful because of what Jesus did for you. Okay, you you're faithful in doing the thing of God. You why? Because of what Jesus, when you understand this all about Jesus and what he has done for you, and you're able to do what you do because of what he has done for you, then that's when you begin to live out the life of God and you begin to, to avoid the mistakes and the bad decisions that the enemy and the things that enemy throw in your way that try to trip you up. Okay, not to say you're gonna be perfect. But you begin to avoid those huge mistakes, you know, not make the same mistakes twice. But he says he counted me faithful. OK, the, the Lord believed and considered Paul to be faithful when he was called Saul. So Saul, remember when he was Saul, he was killing the Christians. He was persecuted because he thought he was doing the right thing. But God considered Paul even when he was Saul, not when Saul later became Apostle Paul, had proven his faithfulness. So here's the thing about what you're saying. God doesn't wait till you be till you prove your faithfulness to call you faithful and believe in you and consider you. Nah. He does, he's not waiting for you. If you receive by faith that you are faithful, it's the same thing is that if you believe when you got saved that you're righteous, that you live righteous, if you believe and receive it. That God, and when he counts you faithful, then you're going to live faithful. You're going to do that. But you got to first believe. See, we got believers who don't believe. Maybe you're a believer who don't believe. You have to believe in what the Bible says about you. Then you will avoid this life of compromise. He says that he didn't, God didn't wait till he became Apostle Paul, who was faithful in the ministry and Establish all these churches and going around preaching the gospel. No, God considered, he says, God considered me. Let's go back and read it. He says, he counted, considered me worthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I blasphemed him. We get into the things that he done. He said, he can, even when I did these things, he counted me, he considered me trustworthy. In other words, God put trust in him before he even actually did it. This is the thing. This is what grace does. Grace gave us righteousness before we was righteousness. Grace gave us holiness before we was holiness. Grace gave us salvation before we deserve salvation. Grace forgave us. And then when I say grace, I'm not talking about a doctor. I'm talking about a person. Okay. Grace, when you, when you say grace, you're talking about Jesus. Because the Bible says that thing in the gospel of St. John, it says grace the law came out molding, but grace and truth came by Jesus. So we're talking about a person, we're talking about grace. 
Okay. So he said, before I did it, in other words, the Lord believed in Paul before Paul believed in himself. That encouraged, encouraged Paul to believe. If the Lord had faith in him, then he could have faith in the Lord's faith in him. That's awesome. So in other words, the Lord believed in Paul before Paul believed in himself. I want you declaring that God believes in you. He believes in you. Yeah, I know things are not good. You messed up. You're in a bad situation. You're not where you want to be. You're going to mess your life up. But guess what? God believes in you. So if God believes in you, believe in yourself. He calls you holy. He calls you right. He calls you his child before him. It says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So you can believe in yourself because God believes in you. You can believe in yourself. Okay. So we who the Lord calls as recipients of God, of God, place faith in us. Okay. So God, he, he called us and he placed faith in us just like he did with Paul. So same way God called Paul faithful. He placed it. It's the same way he did with us. So, so, so God called, the Lord called us his recipients. We place our, God placed his faith in us just like he did with Paul. We whom the Lord calls are recipients of God placing faith in us. We are recipients of his faith. He would not have called us if he didn't believe we could get the job done. Of course, it is not us, but God's power working through us. The Lord believed that we would yield to the, that power and that he could work through us. Otherwise, he wouldn't have called us. See, this is awesome. So this is this is awesome. In other words, God is saying, hey, he wouldn't have called you if you couldn't get the job done. He knows that you can get the job done. We doubt ourselves and we start looking at what we do. And I know I've done it myself. You're looking at your shortcomings. Well, I can't do this. Well, I can't do this. Well, I'm not good at this. It doesn't matter with God. God will equip you for what you need to do the job. He will give you the strength and the ability to do what you need to do to fulfill this life so you can finish well. You're going to finish well because God has confidence in you. So he wouldn't have called you if you couldn't do it. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. Otherwise, he wouldn't have did it. He wouldn't have called you. So the Lord, he believed that you would yield to his power. I, I, I challenge you to yield to his power today. Just yield to, to the grace that's on your life. Release your faith to the faith he gave you and what he has called you to do. Okay. He, he called you. He has confidence that you can do it. So guess what? You, if he's, if God loves you that much and put his confidence in the state that you are right now, okay, then you ought to be praising God for that. God's not waiting till you get perfect to call you, to do things to you. Now, as we grow, he wants to grow and become stronger 
and, be, and begin to yield to him, the more and more you yield to him, the more and more grace you get on your life. But from day one, he called you. Jeremiah said he called me from my mother's womb. Jeremiah understood that. So therefore, God called, God's call conveys faith in those he is calling. Okay. His God called, God's call conveys faith in those he's calling. If we meditate on, on God's faith in us, it would inspire us also to also believe that God's purpose and plan for us will come to pass. So you got to meditate on this faith that God has given us. If you meditate on the faith that God has given you, meditate on it. The scripture says meditate on the word day and night. And that's in the book of Joshua. You meditate on it. You have to meditate means ponder, to study, to roll over in your mind. Remind yourself that you know what? God believes in me. God has called me. Okay, God has given me everything I need, even though I don't see it right now, but he's given me everything that I need. Okay, you have to put your confidence in what God. So you got to believe that if, 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 if you meditate on God's faith in you, it would inspire you to believe that God's purpose and plan for will come to pass. It's going to come to pass. You need to understand it's going to come to pass. God's going to do what he said he's going to do. But you got to meditate on why? Because the enemy is constantly bombarding you with thoughts that you're not worthy. If you if you like Samson, that you done messed up and it's over. There's nothing you can do. Your life is a mess. Your life will always be a mess. You know what? You'll never be able to get back. You'll never be able to um, accomplish the thing of God because you, your life, you messed up. You compromise your life so much that it's over. And he's going to put those thoughts in. But I tell you, if you begin to meditate on the word of God, get you some faith scriptures and begin to look at those scriptures and Look at the scriptures that says who you are in Christ Jesus and begin to meditate on it and increase that faith that Jesus has given you. Then you know what? It's going to come to pass. So we see here, it was the Lord who put Paul in the ministry. Okay. Think about that. It was the Lord who put Paul in the ministry. Uh, Paul didn't kick the doors open. See, if you kick the door open yourself, then guess what? Then you're going to be responsible for keeping it open. But if God opens that door, then he's going to keep it open. But Paul did ministry immediately after his conversion. But his testimony wasn't well received. The Christians doubted that he was sincere and thought this was another ploy to entrap the followers of Christ. The Jews hated him for switching sides and tried to kill him. So think about it. And I think this is huge here. Look at the life of Paul, okay? God put Paul in the ministry, but guess what? Paul began to minister right after he was converted, but he wasn't well received, okay? His message went because, wow, he had just finish persecuting Christians. And so now the people you're ministering to the people who you was killing, 
And imagine, and, and, and I, I, most of them probably would struggle with that too. If you knew a person who was killing Christians and now they're preaching the gospel and telling you about Jesus. So you would probably, most of us probably, and I probably do would be a little leery about that and says, okay. And even his other, and his, the, the side, when he was a Jew, they were mad at him because he had switched sides. So think about it. His message was well received. And I want to speak to you. Maybe you messed up. You say, I messed up now. And you say, now when 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 God begins to speak to you and reveal to you what he called you to do or get you back on track, what he called you to do, then guess what? Your message may not be well received by, especially by your family members, because they know who you are. They've seen you. And so your message may not be received by people who you've hurt, who you may have betrayed. But don't stop. I love this. What I love about Paul. Paul didn't stop because his message wasn't being well received. And you got to understand from a human side. Um, when you've um, messed up your trust that people had in you, then it may take a while to get back. And then, and the truth of the matter is that some people may would never retrust really you. But don't if God called you, you're gonna reach somebody. You're gonna reach people. You cannot be afraid or you cannot give up even though people haven't received you. Because it took Paul a while for people to receive him. And like I said, we can understand why from a human point of view. But Paul, he kept going. And I, I'd encourage you to keep going. Even when you're not being received, don't allow that to discourage you not to keep going. Because guess what? You got to believe that God called you. His grace is sufficient. For you, his grace is efficient. His grace is enough. So Paul was shown mercy because of what he did was a product of ignorance. Okay. Paul was not a God hater, but he was ignorant and deceived by religion. See, this is the thing that religion does. It deceives us and it, it makes us think that we're doing it. It makes us think that you know it makes us start getting in performance a performance mindset that we begin to say you know what i'm doing this and you know i gotta earn god's love i gotta earn god's favor i gotta earn god's grace when god said all you, all you gotta do is receive this by faith but he was zealous in religion and did not understand the truth about christ and his gospel and see a lot of times and i'm learning people don't understand the truth about christ and his gospel Get a understanding of what grace has done for you, not what you did for grace, for what grace has did for you. Not what you it's not what you do for Jesus. First, it's what when you get a revelation of what Jesus did for you, then out of that revelation, you begin to do things for God, not out of, of performance or self-effort or self-centeredness but it's out of my love for god this is why i do what i do because i want to say this to you if what you're doing is not motivated by your love for jesus it's no good it's not going to be effective and then that's why uh, some people maybe you end up quitting you get frustrated because you are in 
a performance-based mindset where you're trying to perform for God instead of just receiving what Jesus have done for you. And out of that relationship with him, you do works. So his actions were a product of wrong thinking. And so you're thinking wrong. You're thinking that, hey, if I just do enough for God, he'll love me. No, he already loved you. God cannot love you no more now than the first day you got saved. So if you're trying to get God to love you, and maybe that's why you fail. Maybe it's why you compromise because you, you didn't feel loved by God. But God can't love you no more than what he did from the beginning. So if you're trying to earn his love, you waste time. You already have it. You already have his love. He actually thought that through persecuting the believer, this is Paul, he was doing a God a service. Okay. Because he says this in Acts um, 26, 19. He says, I too was convinced that I, that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. So he thought hey, he was had wrong thinking. He thought that he was really doing something for God when he was persecuting the Christians. So willful rejection of God is a serious matter. Okay. And we see that in Numbers 15, 30 and 31. And we also see it in Hebrews um, 6 and 26. But God deals differently with the ignorance and misguidance. Okay. So maybe you did something out of ignorance or unbelief. And and, and God doesn't hold that against you. But Paul ignorant was not in his, his injury with ignorance was not an excuse for his actions, but indicates that he did not understand the truth. Okay. It's not an excuse. So I want to let you know, maybe you did something out of ignorance. You didn't know. You didn't know. Okay. It's not an excuse, but you didn't understand the truth. You didn't understand this grace message. And a lot of, I found a lot of people don't understand the grace message. Or the, I would say the complete grace message. We only understand the part where our sins are forgiven. But guess what? Grace is so much more. It made grace declares you righteous. It declares you holy. It declares you justified. It declares you sanctified. Okay. It declares you healed. It declares you made whole. Okay. It declares you prosperous. All those things are part of your salvation package, which grace made available to you. Okay, so it's not an excuse, but understand you didn't you didn't understand the truth. Okay, but but Paul acts acted according to his prejudice of religion. That's what but God offered mercy and grace in his unbelief and ignorance. So that's what God offers to us today to you. His grace and his mercy. Mercy says you don't get what you deserve. You don't get what you deserve. And some, some, maybe you, 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 you're so guilt-ridden that you think God could not possibly forgive you. But I want you tonight, consider Paul. He murdered, he enslaved God's people. And if, if God can forgive him, guess what? He will certainly forgive you. He will. 
So think about Paul tonight. Think about and Paul. We talked about Paul. We talked about Samson. Think about those guys tonight. Think about them um, that did this. Okay. Think about it. Think about what they did and they were forgiven. Think about all the stuff they did. Think about Paul. But God forgave him. And guess what? You are forgiven. Grace provided forgiveness for you. It provides the strength that you need to do what you need to do. Grace has already just received that on tonight. Grace has provided everything you need to do what you need to do. He has provided everything. So the, the Lord, the Lord didn't just extend mercy to us that delivered us from the just consequence of our action. He also extended faith to us that allow us to appropriate God's great love for us and all the benefit that love provides. So he just didn't extend mercy, okay? He just didn't extend mercy. He's, you know, he extended his grace, his love for us, okay? The love that went, because guess what? If you don't feel loved, then you're not going to get much out of person. They don't feel love. So I want you to know that you love tonight by God. He calls us to the beloved. You are loved by him. Regardless of what you have done. I want to say that strongly because I know I feel somebody feel like God don't love them because of what they did. Because you compromise your life. You allow the enemy to trick you. And you're like Samson. You, you put your head in the lap of Delilah. And Delilah delivered you to the enemy to destroy you. But I want you to know that you are loved, that you are forgiven, okay? That grace has been made available to you, that restoration has been made available to you, okay? It's not too late to finish well, okay? It's not too late. I want you to know it's not too late. But if you can receive, what I'm saying to you through through God's word that you are loved, that you are forgiven, that you are more than enough. I know you don't feel love. And sometimes people who don't feel love, they don't feel good enough. I want you to know that you're good enough. And sometimes we base um, these feelings come of feeling unloved, feeling betrayed, feeling not enough feeling unworthy, it all, we base these feelings on what we have experienced. And so we, we take on these titles based on our experience. Okay, and I'm not saying for you to deny what happened to you, but what I'm simply saying is that believe God's word over your circumstance. Believe God's words over what happened to you. Take God's word because either you're going to believe your circumstances or you're going to believe God's word. And I guarantee you, you begin to believe God's word and release your faith in God's word and what he says about you. As I said earlier, you're going to see those things come to pass in your life. You're going to see it come to pass. And so I challenge you tonight just to receive God's word. But let me say this. So the Lord does not just extend us mercy to us to deliver us from the just circumstances of our actions. So maybe you deserve what you got through the, you deserve the consequences, but guess what? He also extend 
faith to us and allow us to appropriate God's love for us and all the benefits that love has provided. So appropriate that love in your life so that you can begin to receive the benefits that God has made available through grace because grace has benefits. And you may say, well, I don't see him. Well, as you release your faith, you're going to see him. He's God has already provided whatever we need through grace. But now you have to release your faith and take hold of what God made of it. And guess what? You won't see the manifestation. You may not see it overnight, but you're going to see the manifestation of what you believe God for, which was, which was made available through grace. And so it's just like a seed. You know, when you plant a seed, okay, put in the ground, you don't see it the next day over time. So I'm saying as you sow seeds, okay, of faith into what God has done for us, then guess what? You are going to see the manifestation of what you believe for. And so do do, do you are you a person who feels like um that it's too late to finish well? Are you that person? Are you are you worried that God won't accept you? Because of your past failures, are you that person? You know, but what? So what do you? We say, what do I do? What? Just cry out to God by faith. Release your faith, and and through God's grace, you gonna finish well. Cry out to God. Release your faith in what God has did for you. Don't worry about what happened in the past. It's nothing you can do to change that. But guess what? God has a great future for you, but you got to believe his word. As I said, this, that was the time, grace and faith. Grace has provided what we need and what faith. Faith takes what God already made available. Grace, is, grace, grace makes it. Faith takes it. Grace already made, provided what you need, but now you have to release the faith, as I said earlier, which comes from Jesus to take hold of what God has made available to you. Let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of I pray for every listening ear that heard your word tonight. I thank you, God, that your word has fallen on good ground, the ground of their heart. I thank you that, that your word is breaking up, Father ground, that they are receiving tonight of what grace has made available to you. I pray for that person who has failed and who has fallen down. But I thank you, God, for the grace for them to get back up and to receive what you have made available to them. Receive the promises, receive the calling that you have in their life. Satan, we break your hold on them right now in the name of Jesus. I come against that spirit of guilt and depression. I come against that spirit of disappointment that says that I'm not good enough, that I'm a failure. But God, I thank you for your word that you said we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who strengthens us. I thank you that we are um, above and not, be, and not beneath the head and not the tail. I thank you for that person receiving it. I thank you, God, for breaking that hole of addiction on their life, breaking that hole of depression on their life. I thank you, God, for them getting back up and being what you call them to be, 
We receive it right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for the seed that has been sown tonight. And I thank you for the testimony that should come through this message, come from this message, that somebody has been uplifted, encouraged, and somebody now, God, get back up and started on the journey to God that you called them to. And their life should be a blessing to every life and to every person they come in contact with, that they may see the glory of the Lord on their life. And we thank you and we praise your name. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Once again, we thank you for listening. We will be back again with you on next week to share the word of God with you. Once again, I thank you and bye-bye.